Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. endless optimism has arrived free agency is in full swing in the nfl and the tennessee titans like every other team is making moves moves that at this point people believe will make them better a couple additions to the offensive line a couple additions to the defense at this point uh a couple of farewells as is also uh as is also part of the landscape at this time of year, but uh, but this is uh, this is what we have, and this is what we will discuss on this episode of Believe in Titans, brought to you by Bet Online. With as always, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you today? I'm doing great this evening, David. How are you and John doing? I'm good. And John, John Glennon, how are you, sir? Doing well. Hope you guys are as well. Doing great, and I am David Beauclair, and let me remind you that uh, Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online, with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's betonline.ag, where the game starts. And let's go ahead and run this down real quickly. Uh, we are recording this Wednesday evening. Uh, none of these deals have been formally announced by the team, but the but they have been widely reported and and Titan sources have confirmed them to multiple reporters. Uh, so the Titans will be adding early in free agency here. Tackle Andre Dillard from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, guard, tackle center, but most likely guard Daniel Brunskill from the San Francisco 49ers, edge rusher Arden Key from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Inside linebacker Aziz Al-Shair from San Francisco and linebacker, primarily special teams guy, Luke Gifford from the uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, David Long Jr. is on his way to the Miami Dolphins. Right guard Nate Davis. Uh, and one of the great surprises of last season, Demarcus Walker, headed to the Chicago Bears. Uh, that, that is the, uh, that is, that is that what the team has announced is that they have tendered restricted free agents, uh, Tier Tart, the nose tackle and, uh, an offensive lineman, Aaron Brewer, each at the, uh, second round pick threshold, um, an exclusive rights free agent, Naquan Jones. And interestingly, uh, Nick Westbrook Aquina, one of the more versatile and celebrated wide receivers for this team over the last couple of years, is exploring free agency. According to uh, Paul Kuharski, he he turned down the team's attempt. The team didn't 
tender him where they could have retained his rights. They tried to negotiate uh, a new deal with him straight up. He turned down those offers and uh, and is exploring other options right now. So uh, for a team uh, for a team short on wide receivers as it is, uh, the loss of Nick Westbrook Aquina could uh, could could be something. But uh, I mean, let's just start with the additions. Uh, Denard, who who among Dillard, Brunskill, Key, Al Shair, do you like uh, most? What, and, or do you think we'll have the uh, the biggest impact in 2023? Well, I will be biased and say Arden Key, but I'm not going to go that route. But I'm going to go with Andre Dillard from your hometown. Well, he at least played for your hometown team, David, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've been a big fan of this young man uh, since coming out of Washington State uh, in 2019. He is a monster, six feet five, excuse me, six foot five, 315 pounds. I love the athleticism. I love his footwork. Uh, he's just the only knack uh, on Andre is he's had to battle those injuries. He has had an injury bug since coming to the league in 2019. If you look at 2020, he entered camp uh, going in as a starting left tackle, but unfortunately he suffered a torn bicep. And in 2021, he had to compete against Jordan Mulata, who's now taken over that position, has become one of the best tackles in the league. So if he can stay healthy, David and John, I think this would be a big addition to the Titans' offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Dillard's a, a guy who was a first-round pick in 2019, and, and uh, you know, that I guess that's good news. But you say nine starts in 43 games played over four years, you, you say, well, is it, you know – has he is he not going to live up to to expectations in any way shape or form or is he, is he just not had the opportunity um you know he's certainly going to get the opportunity with this offensive line given uh, given all the openings there so uh, this if 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 he doesn't if he doesn't create a starting spot for himself here then uh, you know that that's that's going to be on him because he he's certainly going to come in with that uh with that expectation john as you look at that as you look at that bunch too who uh who stared, stands out with you as as somebody likely to to make a big impact right out of the gate so i gotta i gotta throw my two cents in on, on dillard here uh first and and i agree with you guys in terms of what seems to be great potential um but they're paying this guy a lot of money now the full details of the contract haven't been disclosed yet uh, but what the estimate of the total, uh, what we're seeing so far is three years for almost uh, $30 million, you know, about almost $10 million a year for, as you mentioned, David, a guy who has uh, started 43 games over four years, or excuse me, played 43 games in four years, only nine starts during that time. He's never played more than uh, 350 snaps in a season. Here's how many snaps he had last year on offense, 37. 37 snaps on offense and he's made 30 million dollars uh out of that so it seems to me to be a huge now again all the details still we haven't seen guaranteed money etc etc but if that if if that report is true that he's making anywhere near 10 million dollars that seems to me to be a, a pretty significant uh either overpayment or almost a guarantee that you're going to be a starting uh either left tackle or left guard you know most of his time has been spent at left tackle so i would think that's where he gets his first chance 
uh, unless they draft a left tackle, you know, in, in the first round as well. So, you know, I, I, I agree that there seems to be a lot of untapped potential. But at the same time, he hasn't done much uh, in four years. Uh, and part of that, you know, certainly was injury, as, as Denard uh, mentioned. But and that's anyway, what I was saying. Uh, this is you know, this is the time of eternal optimism, though. You know, yeah. like fans, fans on social right. media, like this is all oh, this is a great move and and yeah. whatnot. But there's, I mean, there 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 is definitely no guarantee that this is this <laughs> is going to work out. Yes, you can see why it will work out, but you can right. also see why it why it could be a disastrous move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I will, I'll, I'll move on. I'll, I'll give, uh, I'll give uh, Dillard his chance. And I will say also that. You know, he was playing behind a lot of talented offensive linemen in, in, in Philly. Certain Mylotta has come out, came out of nowhere, really. He was an Australian uh, rugby player who's become one of the best linemen in the, in the NFL. Uh, and the, the coach, the offensive line coach in Philly, Jeff Stoutland, is really renowned. You know, great coach, has, has churned out some, some great players. So, uh, again, that speaks well for, for Diller's chances, but still a wait and see kind of thing. But um, you know, I, I really like uh, Arden Key, uh, you know, among among some of those other signees, too. Uh, um, you know, uh, a, a guy who really has took off uh, in his career in the, in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, one of them was with San Francisco. And, and certainly, um, you know, we, we know that uh, uh, Ren Carthen got a, got a good look at him there. Um, last, uh, let's see, last couple of years. I want to say, uh, well, in 2021, best year, he had six and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits uh, that year. And uh, I think nine, pro football focus had him for 90 total quarterback pressures over the last two seasons, which is a pretty amazing number. Uh, you know, 6'5", 240, you know, can sort of play. It sounds as if, you know, Similar role uh, as a, as a Dean Danico Autry type guy who can you know play a little bit on the edge can also move inside as well so versatility uh, which leads me to to one kind of interesting question uh, I was asked this uh, actually on, on the radio this morning and it kind of took me by surprise but then I got to thinking more about it um, you know is there any chance do we see Arden Key as, as being supplanting Danico Autry to the point that you know, could they even think about moving on from Autry? Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot of money now that they have tied up in guys up front. When you talk about Key, who's reportedly going to be making you know seven million dollars a year, you just brought back Tart for four million. Of course, you know Simmons is going to be minimum ten million. Danico Autry is is making a, a lot of money too, um, and you could save seven million if you moved on from Danico Autry. Now it sounds crazy; probably won't happen. But, you know, it did make me think just a little bit anyway in terms of what might be happening there. To, to me, it feels like, you know, Arden Key comes in to replace Bud Dupree and and at a price tag that is sort of commensurate with the level at which Dupree was producing the last couple of years, right? I mean, like Dupree yeah. certainly, he was not terrible by any stretch of the imagination when he was in there, but he didn't put up the kind of numbers that uh, that that anyone was expecting from a, a guy with an eighty-two and a half million dollar contract. This this to me almost feels like okay, we're gonna we're gonna 
we're we're looking for that same type of production, but at a reasonable rate. And and seven million dollars a year is a is a little less than half of what they would have been paying Bud Dupree. And you know, Key has been a guy who is largely a, a pass rush specialist in, in his career. Has only played more than forty five percent of his team's snaps on defense once. But but to your point, John, the the ninety quarterback pressures in the last couple years, you, you can see why uh why he would be appealing to the titans mike Vrabel that has become a a semi-constant refrain for mike Vrabel that you know when he's talking to the media that you guys are way too focused on sacks it's just it's just about affecting the quarterback and you know getting the quarterback off his spot or or impacting his timing and whatnot and and if uh if key's a guy who can do that and you, you can see a rotation now too with harold landry coming back playing 97 percent of the snaps as he typically does on that side rashad weaver being a rundown back with uh with key coming in and passing situations you, you, you or and then you know maybe all three of them in in certain personnel packages you can you can see that uh you can see that sort of thing developing i think that's easy to envision the the uh denard i i want to ask you you mentioned him you said you really like arden key this will be his fourth different team in four years he you know he's gone from the raiders to the 49ers to the jaguars and now the titans uh you know what do you like about him and, and why do you think he keeps bouncing around though if he's if he's a good productive player like that well, well, you got to look at it in 2018. Uh, many of the scouts projected him as the number one overall pick going into 2018 draft. And he was kind of like 1A, 1B behind Tremaine Edmonds, uh, who, who was with Buffalo and just signed that massive $72 million deal uh, with the Bears. But what Arden, when he came out of LSU, uh, the greatest university known to man, you got to understand <laughs> this. Hey. It was this off. Yeah, I had to throw that in there. But it was this off the field issues that dropped him all the way down uh, to the third round. He had a lot of issues off the field, and then when he went to Oak, he was uh, got drafted by Oakland, and he had a foot injury that kind of derailed the season. So if you look at it, well, I know they're now Las Vegas, but they're Oakland Raiders then. But I mean, he's an electrical player. I mean, look at the way that he played last year against Tennessee. He had a great game, and you talked about. And I'm always saying is they look at the sacks. And if you look at the sacks that he had for Jacksonville, four and a half sacks, you said, man, that's not a lot. Well, think about the quarterback pressures. We always talk about stats that time can be misleading. And just look at the games that he played in last year. How many times did you see the quarterback when you're going against that Jacks defense, they're running for the lives. And you're talking about the game that he had against Tennessee in the last game of the season down in Jacksonville. He was a difference maker. I think he has, he's a high motor guy, high intensity. He's got, he's great off the edge. He's long. I mean, look at the game in 2021. I got a broke, I broke him down a little bit against um, Philly. And I mean, he absolutely had Jalen Hurts running for his life. I mean, he is an, he's an exciting player. He's only 26 years old. I mean, so again, I mean, you get him at a great three-year, $21 million deal, and look at 26. I mean, what is Bud Dupree? He's going is 30 uh, going yeah. into this, uh, next year. So you got to think about it. This can be a win-win for uh, Tennessee. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I think we should point out, too, because I, I know we talked about this. We suspected this uh, coming into free agency. If, if you look back, 
to 2016 when John Robinson came to the Titans, he leaned very heavily early on on his Patriots connections where he had he had been for the vast majority of his career. Mike Vrabel comes on in 2018, and, and since that time, uh, Titans have leaned very heavily on his Houston Texans connections, both in the coaching staff and with player acquisitions, uh, you know, based on his four years on that staff there. And, and now not surprisingly, Rand Carthen after a, a good run with the 49ers, uh, three of these guys we're talking about in Arden Key, uh, Brunskill and and Al Shire, the, you know, all of these guys have 49ers connections and, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine we're going to we're going to see more of these things play out as the uh, as the season goes on. And, and to your you know, to your point, Denard, Al Shair is 25 years old. Arden Key is 26. Dillard is 27. Brunskill is, is the old man of the group at at 29. You, you do feel like there is an emphasis right now on let's get guys who still have a lot of football ahead of them and and not uh not behind them and and while we're talking about Al Shire you know this is this is a guy who's going to have another great opportunity when you talk about uh Zach Cunningham having been released David Long signing with the Miami Dolphins which we we need to get to that a little bit later too at at a really reasonable rate um, you know, there there is opportunity on the inside for a, a guy who who has been a starter in this league, but not a starter all the time. In 2021, he played 89 percent of the defensive snaps for the 49ers, played uh, played fewer than half that percentage this past season. But uh, but certainly with, with Monty Rice, uh, uh, last year's draft pick, Chase, uh What's the kid out of Ole Miss? You know, there, there, there's not a lot, not a ton, of, yeah, not a ton of experience there. Um, so they're, uh, you know, this is this is a guy who's going to be coming in to, uh, to, to play a big role, much, much like Dillard. I, I think they're saying now is now is your time. Go, uh, go do this, uh, John. Have, have you looked at Al Shire? What, what have you, what have you seen from him? Yeah, I, I think there's some good potential there too. Uh, you know, big guy, six two, two twenty eight. Um, you know, uh, played. I, I think he is another guy. Um, you know, we, we talked about uh, Dillard. You know, maybe playing behind some some good players, and I think that's definitely the case for uh, Al Shire as yeah. well. Uh, you know, playing behind Fred Warner and uh, Dre Greenlaw in, in no San shame. Francisco. Yeah, no shame there. No, no, not yeah. at all. Two two of the best in the in the game. Um, you know, and when you look at, um, you know, some of the, uh, some of the grades, so like some of the PFF grades, um, you know, last year comparing Al Shire to David Long, um, you know, look overall in line, linebackers, David Long finished 27th, Al Shire 33rd. Their overall offensive grade, 76.2 for Long, 74.4 for Al Shire. Uh, and, and you look at both against the run and in pass coverage, numbers pretty similar, uh, as well. So, I think you're, you know, you're not going to have some some huge drop off. I don't think, um, you know, in this situation, um, you know, there there were some uh, some injury concerns. You know that that has certainly become a talking point uh, for the Titans. You know, and and it certainly played a role in in David Long leaving. Um, but you know, I, I don't think we can ignore the fact that Al Shire uh, has missed nine games over the over the last two years as well. Uh, missed five last year with an MCL, 
Um, but he was playing week through week nine and, and into the playoffs, uh, you know, and, and four, four games the, uh, the, the previous season. So it's not like he's got a complete clean sheet, but uh, I think he's going to be a good one. I, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, the, the Titans are going to suffer a, uh, a too big a drop off there, uh, you know, despite the absence and the departure of, of Long and Cunningham. Denard, as you look at these signings too, I mean, like three three years, twenty nine million dollars for Dillard is is not chump change. Three years, seven million dollars for Key, you know, good money as well. But I mean, there's no fifteen, eighteen million dollar a year deals here like we've seen. You do you? Do you is it your sense as you see this playing out? Is Rand Carthen going to be a little more careful than John Robinson with those kinds of things? Or do you think that's simply a product of, of where they are in, in salary cap issues right now? How, how are you, how do you interpret that? I mean, granted, just a couple days into this. Yeah. Uh, it, it probably the way the salary cap is right now. I know that when you're, you know, shopping for a big deal as a free agent, sometimes if that team doesn't have that money, and that's where you can get paid. I mean, the three or $21 million deal, sometimes you got to take it. Uh, and when you look at one of the things I do love about Rand Carthen, what he has done is he's went out and he's gotten younger. When you think about Aziz and Al Shair, he's only 25 years old. So when you're talking about a three-year deal, I love what you just alluded to earlier, you and John, about you still got so much value in the player in the long run. And that's the key. I mean, why would you want to go out in free agency and sign – a player to a, let's say, a, a seven-year deal worth 80 or $90 million, and then he's hurt a year later and you don't get that kind of production, or you can go out, spend less, get more, get more production that in the long run would end up helping your team. And that's what they've done this year. I, I love the fact that they went out, they've gotten younger, you know, and that's the way that a lot of teams are winning in this league. It's uh, it's a young man's game, and, and that's what Tennessee has done. I mean, a great job by uh, Rand Carthen and, and Mike Vrabel in putting together some free agents that uh, these are players that we can see in Nashville if they're productive for the next four or five years. Yeah, I mean, to your point exactly, you know, Dillard at 27 years old, it, it, if, if he's replaces Taylor Lewan, you've gotten younger there. Arden Key, if he's yeah. replacing Bud Dupree, you're getting younger there. Um, you know, those are one one area you wouldn't be is is Brunskill, who's 29, still not an old man, certainly by uh, by offensive line standards. You know, we, we've seen those guys, if they stay healthy, can can go for a can go for a long time. John, my question to you about Brunskill is, you know, I, I see some people touting the fact that that he's so versatile that he, you know, at, at points during his NFL career, he's played all five positions on the offensive line. Now, he was San Francisco starter at right guard throughout the 2021 season, but, uh, um, you know, hasn't been a full-time starter throughout his career. I, I, you know, is it, uh, what, what's the concern level that, okay, yeah, this guy is, is good enough to, to play every position, but does he have a, a, a a real position that you can count on him at. Yeah. I, I mean, we know how much they value versatility, especially in the offensive line. And, and you're right. He has played at all five offensive positions. Uh, last year, he was over at a hundred, a hundred snaps at left guard. He was over 400 on at right guard. Uh, I think he winds up certainly, you know, right guard is where he has played uh, the vast majority of his snaps over the years, even though uh, he, he's been all over the place. Um, and I, you know, he, he certainly, 
you know, the, the fact that he, he started only two of the 14 games, you know, last year has, has some people uh, concerned. I can understand that. Uh, um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, one, one thing, too, San Francisco was a better team than the Titans. So they're a deeper team than the Titans. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's not shocking that they, maybe they have more talent below their starters than the Titans did. Uh, you know, on, on their team. We also, again, as you guys have both referenced, uh, if anyone is familiar with his skills, Rand Carthen is familiar with Daniel Brunskill's skills. So seemingly, if, if he thinks he's, you know, good enough to be a potential starter, I think that's a good step in the right direction. And then let's go to go to some of the old, the old PFF numbers here uh, as well. You look at last year in terms of pass blocking, which was, Nate Davis always struggled a little bit more in terms of pass blocking than the run. Nate Davis had 385 pass blocking snaps last year, gave up three sacks, uh, a hit, 10 hurries, and took four penalties. Uh, Brunskill, 337 snaps, pass blocking, so they're not that big a difference there. Zero sacks allowed, one hit, uh, 13 hurries, and zero penalties. So pretty good, uh, you know, I think step in the right direction in terms of, of pass blocking, uh, and maybe we're seeing more of an emphasis put on that now uh, with the Titans than than previously, where they had been so concerned with with their offensive linemen being very strong in the run, and and okay, if if they're not the greatest pass protectors, that's okay. Maybe that's starting to change now. Yeah, and we should point out that uh, um, yes, he only started two games for the 49ers last year, but he ended up playing 58 percent of their offensive snaps. I mean, I mm-hmm. I don't know, you know how the how the 49ers employed their offensive line specifically, but clearly he was a regular rotational yeah. piece in yeah. there. You know, play, you know, saw a lot of playing time last year. So, uh, um, Donato, I, I want to ask you this: you know, four there will be four new starters on the offensive line. Let, let's presume Nicholas Petit Frere stays at uh, at right tackle. How how important will it be for the Titans to identify those other four guys early and and give them as much opportunity to work together throughout the offseason or do you expect that it it would be more of a search process, you know, maybe even into the first couple of weeks of training camp to find those guys? Interesting. I think it'd be a little bit of both because in this league, we know that you need continuity to build chemistry. And if you're going to try to put four new starters in there along with who you're going to have, Nicholas petit Frere would be your only returning starters, then what you need to do is to make sure these these players, that they know each other quite well. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, because it's it's a brand new year, but it's also a brand new unit. You got an aging quarterback who'll be 35, uh, the start of training camp, you got to, let's just be honest with you, Derrick Henry will be 29. He's entering kind of that, you know, that stage where a lot of times critics start to talk about the age, you know, that 30 years old mark. So I would like to see these players early get together in training camp. I like to see the offensive line coach make sure that he, whatever, it is, I, you know what, I would like to see them do kind of what they did last year. I mean, wasn't they kind of mixing and matching players here and there in training camp to see how they mesh together? It was, time? yeah, it was. It was about the second week in training camp that they finally went to went to Petit Frere and and right. you know said that's it. Now we're now we're going with this bunch. So why don't you do that this year until you figure out who your starting five is? 
Uh, I know when we played, that's exactly what they used to do. They would plug as many guys as they possibly could to see who's the best fit for what we're trying to do. So, yeah, I think you plug in as many players as you can until you figure out who's your starting five going into week one. John, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, Aaron Brewer, one of the guys getting the uh, restricted free agent tender. Are, are we assuming that, that he is the replacement for Ben Jones at center now? Do we, do we think he's a, a better fit at center than he was at left guard last season? Uh, yes and yes, in, in <laughs> my opinion. Um, I think, you know, the fact that they're, they're tendering him um, and uh, he'll be making over $4 million uh, a year next year, uh, you know, generally speaking, that's not the kind of money you're you're paying a, a guy to be a reserve. Uh, um, not not un, unthinkable, but but you know, probably unlikely. Uh, and I think you know, it, it, the position, the center position, suits Aaron Brewer's skills better than uh, left guard did. You know, he well, we all know he's he's not the biggest guy in the world. He sometimes got overpowered uh, there on the on the inside, on the on the interior at, at the guard spot. But, you know, center is a position, I think, where you can oftentimes, you know, it's more about uh, leverage, uh, angles, um, you know, kind of uh, athleticism, moving, that kind of that kind of thing. Uh, oftentimes helping out, you know, double teams, that that, that sort of deal. I, I think that's a that's a really good uh, spot for Aaron Brewer because he is so athletic. Um, you know, he moves well. He knows leverage. His, his footwork is outstanding. So I think that's a good fit, uh, you know, assuming Aaron Brewer, assuming there's no issues, you know, with with snaps, which is, you know, obviously, obviously a question mark that has to be answered if a guy's going in there at center. Um, I, th- I think that's a uh, I think that's a fit. I think that's a, a spot that you can cover uh, Aaron Brewer at center. Yeah, we we I mean we say Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle. Uh, I mean we're assuming Brewer is moving off left guard, which makes him a a different starter, I guess. Even though he will be a re a returning starter to that unit, um, and the, and the issue of left guard at, at this point is is still unresolved. Um, Denard, for for guys like Brewer and Tier Tart who came in as as undrafted free agents you know you you're having to prove yourself every year you know now these are not long-term deals these tenders are are one-year deals but they're they're good money significantly more money than these guys have made to this point in their career um how 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 much you know like what how dangerous is a time is this for these guys in terms of of complacency if if you were a veteran in that room would you would you seek these guys out and just kind of give them a gentle reminder that hey yes you're getting paid but you have to you know you have to keep proving yourself here that's the way it works david complacency is a sin in the national football league you get stagnant you're out of the door I mean, let's just look at some of their top players. David Long Jr. was an undrafted free agent. He got a nice deal going to Miami. You know, actually, league, he was he was a, a sixth-round pick. pick. He was a, yeah, sorry, sixth-round. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, yeah. ah, thank you, thank you for correcting me. Which but, interestingly, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Keep going. Yeah, but I mean, you talk about players like Nick Westbrook, Akine, which I'm pretty sure we're going to talk a little bit about later. And you're talking about uh, his time being an undrafted free agent in 2020. And then look at the numbers that he's put up over the last few years. He's played in what over 777 offensive snap, over 70% of the Titans offensive snap 
uh, since coming into the league, an undrafted free agent, no player. I don't care, David, if you got, if you're getting paid, uh, making $10 million a year, complacency leads you out of the door. So no player need, they're not motivated by the money. You know, you motivated by going out there in that field and making sure you can be productive. If you're not productive in this league, you're out of the door. And, you know, we, we've mentioned David Long a couple times now, a guy who was very productive when he was on the field. We should note that sixth-round pick the Titans used to get him was actually acquired as part of the Ryan Tannehill deal, made the Ryan Tannehill trade in 2019 that much better. And and now Miami actually gets him and uh, I guess can, you know, a chance to save face a little bit from that deal. But, uh, John, you know, Mike Vrabel is always very complimentary about David Long's attitude and and the violent nature with which he played the game. But but for him to go to the Dolphins on what is reported as a two year, eleven million dollar deal, can can we interpret that any way other than the Titans just weren't interested in having him back? Because that is certainly an affordable deal. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I I think they they. Certainly uh, could have matched that, uh, you know, easily. That uh, that was not anywhere near, you know, what, what some of the inside linebackers were making out of the gate in, in free agency. Uh, you know, there there were some whoppers that were that were handed out, um, and and David Long was uh, was not among them. He was more like I think Leighton Vander Esch from Dallas had a similar uh, contract to what David Long ended up with. But you know, this was David Long was was you know, categorized by all the, the kind of the gurus and, and experts who do this nationally as one of the top inside linebackers and really one of the better free agents available out there. So I was kind of shocked to see that that value. And, and you know, I, I just uh, I, I, I understand, I guess, what the Titans are saying is we're done with you. You know, too many games, what is it, 12 games over the last two years, all really because of the hamstring. You know, we just can't we can't trust you, um, you know, but. Uh, and Mike Brabel kind of made it clear at the end of the season that he put a lot of that blame he felt on those players, you know, that, that really it was their fault um, that they weren't taking things seriously enough, maybe during the off season or, or even during the season when they were away from the facility. And I don't know. I, I just don't know if that's the case. David Long certainly doesn't strike me as a, as a kind of a slacker, you know, a, a kind of guy that, you know, would, would say that I'm, I'm done with football here in the off season. So to me, you know, I mean, I, I, ho- I hope the Titans are, you know, studying themselves and, and, and the, you know, the, the practices they run, the conditioning they do, as much as they, you know, have critiqued players here, you know, for, for not potentially staying in a peak of shape during the offseason. I hope they're, they're turning that, you know, same kind of magnifying glass on, on themselves. And, and finally, as as we have the last couple minutes here, Denard, you mentioned Nick Westbrook Aquina a few minutes ago. Titans you know, need wide receivers. There's there's no question about that. Robert Woods is gone. He's in he's on his way to Houston. It, it's not a great wide receiver market as it is. You know, Jacoby Myers, uh, uh, widely reported, sort of as the number one guy. He's headed to the Raiders. Juju Smith Schuster, a, a guy I know you talked about, is headed to New England. Um, Given that there's there's not a, a bunch of big names out there, if Nick Westbrook Aquina finds a deal he likes with another team, how big a hit is that to a position group that's already in need for the Titans? Well, if I had, if the season started next week, David, 
Would you be comfortable with Traylon Burks, uh, Racy McMath, and Cal Phillips as your starting three receivers? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I, I don't think I'm going to watch that game. <laughs> I'm watch it. You're talking about Traylon coming into his second year. The veteran in this uh, amongst these three would be Racy, who is in his third year, and Kyle Phillips is in his second year. So they're going to need some help at receiver now. There's some great free agents out there, David. Um, you, you're talking about Alan Lazard out in Green Bay. He's he's still out there. I would love to see a big body receiver get in at 6'5", 227. But if they don't sign somebody in, in free agency, I mean, it, it's not looking very pretty. So why wouldn't you bring a guy, um, excuse me, of a player of Nick Westbrook, Akina Caliber. I mean, I just alluded to the fact he's played in 777 offensive snap, which is over 70% of the Titans offensive snap. You look at some of the games last year, uh, the, the Broncos game, what he hit the Broncos for 119 and two touchdowns. He was the difference maker. Go back to the game against Washington, the commanders at 21-17 uh, victory. The Titans were able to ink out in Washington. He had that big 61 yarder. That was a difference maker. And last and not least, they, they didn't tender Cody Hollister. So he's gone. So who do you got at receiver? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question, John. Who 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 are who who should they be looking at at receiver right now? Yeah, you know there are some names out there. It is not a great market free agency for for wide receiver, but there are guys out there. You know, I think Lazard. Certainly, the rumors seem to be uh, you know that that he is headed to the Jets, uh, assuming Aaron Rodgers or uh, this deal ever gets completed. Uh, you know, I, I agree that he might have been a been a good one to look at, but there's some speed guys out there too. You know, in terms of like a, a McCole Hardman, uh, Paris Campbell. Uh, those type guys, but I, I continue to look at, at DJ Shark, and I know there have been injury concerns. He hasn't played a lot the last two years, but he was healthy about the last half of last season, and he was productive. He's a big guy. Uh, he has speed as well, a downfield threat. I, I might be willing, if I'm the Titans and I'm in their predicament and don't have a whole lot of, of options right now, I might uh, take a chance on a DJ Shark. And I'm certainly looking at the draft, you know, probably first or second pick as a, as a wide receiver uh, as well. Well, it, as we said, this is the, uh, I mean, this is the start of the off season. It is now the, uh, the 2023 NFL season officially. Uh, but these are the, uh, these are the early days. There is, there is much more to come and, uh, and we will look at it as it, uh, as it develops here over the uh, next several days and weeks uh, until then. We will call we will call this the end of this episode of uh of Believe in Titans podcast. So Denard, thank you as always. Thank you. John, thank you, my friend. All right, enjoyed it, guys. And uh until next week, we will uh we will talk to you then. This is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.